0: Welcome to Creative Biolabs, we offer custom contract research services and products, covering the entire process of CAR-T cell therapy development. In this brand new podcast series, we will show you everything you want to know about CAR-T therapy, including the mechanism, current applications, technology limitations, and potential strategies. Hope you will enjoy it. Dear friends in the audience, I'm your host, Beth. Welcome to Creative Biolab's podcast series. Here you will hear about everything about cardiotherapy with our guest Dr. William Smith. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Smith?
1: Good evening, all dear followers of this podcast. Good evening, Beth. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your invitation. I'm very excited to be here.
0: In the last episode, we learned about the biology and function of natural killer cells in several ways. Major topics include the way they are regulated and the characteristics of adaptive immunity and immunological memory they possess. Armed with this understanding, we turned our attention to the potential of natural killer cells for clinical applications. Studies in transgenic mouse models confirmed that natural killer cells play an important role in anti tumor immune surveillance. Many approaches to using natural killer cells as cancer immunotherapy have been proposed. Let's move on to a hot topic, adoptive cell therapies. I know that adoptive cell therapies that are effective for cancer treatment have emerged in recent years. So, what do adoptive cell therapies refer to?
1: The principle of adoptive cell therapies is to induce, activate, or genetically engineer and amplify the tumor patient's own or allogeneic anti-tumor lymphocytes in vitro, and then infuse them back into the patient's body to play the role of killing tumor cells. Adoptive cell therapy mainly includes several categories such as tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes, lymphokine-activated killer, cytokine-induced killer, dendritic cell, natural killer, and chimeric antigen receptor T-cell therapy.
0: You've mentioned so many types. While, as we've learned something about natural killer cells last episodes, I would like to ask firstly what are the results of research based on natural killer cell therapies?
1: well let me first introduce some results of natural killer cell therapies and hematological malignancies a large number of clinical studies aimed at stimulating autologous natural killer cells to target various cancers have been conducted however natural killer cells remain tolerant after autologous transplantation or adoptive transfer This presupposes that all natural killer cells contain at least one killer cell immunoglobulin-like receptor, known as KIR, that inhibits MHC ligands expressed on residual tumor cells. In haploidentical transplantation, the donor and recipient are matched for one human leukocyte antigen haplotype. Two-thirds of the patients in the study would miss at least one KIR ligand on their host cells. This resulted in decreased inhibition of donor natural killer cells and enhanced tumor kill. Donor selection with incompatibility or mismatch between receptor and ligand can lead to better disease-free survival after transplantation in patients with myeloid malignancies. Furthermore, the absence of one or more KIR ligands prevents relapse in patients with early myeloid leukemia compared with the presence of all ligands.
0: I see. Is donor KIR ligand mismatching beneficial in all cases?
1: Not really. Donor KIR ligand mismatching was the only independent predictor of survival in dozens of patients with acute myeloid leukemia. These patients underwent haploiditical hematopoietic cell transplantation. However, the beneficial effect of this mismatching was not observed in acute lymphoblastic leukemia. This may be due to the absence of class I-independent activating receptor ligands or differences in MHC expression levels on the blasts. In addition to the KIR incompatibility model and allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation, other factors may also play a role. For example, in donor KIR immunogenetics, distinct gene clusters may predict clinical outcomes. KIR genes are divided into two haplotypes, including haplotype A, And haplotype B, haplotype A consists mainly of inhibitory receptors and one activating receptor. Alternatively, haplotype B contains up to five activating KIRs.
0: Different as these two types are, what impact do this difference have on clinical outcomes?
1: Well, I would say several studies have evaluated this impact it has been concluded that in acute myeloid leukemia, the combinations of different KIR genes and the B-haplotype are associated with relapse protection. Although KIR ligand incompatibility or mismatch and donor KIR immunogenetics clearly play a role in transplantation outcome, there is no data to support this mode of adoptive transfer of natural killer cells. A possible explanation is a difference in activation and maturation between stem cell reconstituted natural killer cells and the transient persistence of blood natural killer cells after infusion. Studies with bigger cohorts using natural killer cell-based strategies are warranted to re-examine these parameters and their association with clinical outcomes.
0: Would adoptively transferred natural killer cells persist for a long time?
1: They are expected to be transient without permanent engraftment. They also require cytokines for maintaining their persistence, proliferation, and function. In one clinical protocol, transferred haploiditical natural killer cells are allowed to expand and persist in patients for up to one month using high doses of cyclophosphamide and fludarabine. The persistence of adoptively transferred natural killer cells is thought to be the result of endogenous interleukin-15 found in the serum of acute myeloid leukemia patients in combination with administered low doses of interleukin-2. Haploidentical natural killer cell adoptive transplantation for patients with advanced acute myeloid leukemia who failed standard therapy. About a quarter of patients showed complete remission. This response is associated with persistence and expansion in vivo. Many more patients have been treated with this strategy.
0: I see. This therapy is highly potential in the treatment of leukemia. Another question I believe everyone is concerned with is, are there any results of natural killer cell therapies in solid tumors?
1: Yeah. Actually, the promise of natural killer cell therapy for acute myeloid leukemia is driving the treatment outcomes for solid tumors. In precious studies, adoptive transfer of allogeneic natural killer cells and interleukin 2 administration with and without total body irradiation was tested in recurrent metastatic breast and ovarian cancer. Despite the same lymphodepletion and administration of interleukin 2 as in acute myeloid leukemia patients, natural killer cells did not persist or expand in these patients. However, regulatory T-cells increased 14 days after interleukin 2 infusion. This might explain the inhibition of natural killer cell expansion. This interpretation is supported by a follow-up study of regulatory T-cell depletion using an interleukin-2 diphtheria toxin fusion protein in acute myeloid leukemia patients. Compared with therapies without this fusion protein, the number of regulatory T-cells and the interleukin-35 they produced were reduced. This resulted in an overall improvement in complete remission rates and disease-free survival. This clinical response was associated with patients with lower regulatory T cells and a higher frequency natural killer cell persistence and expansion in vivo. The suppressive role of regulatory T cells on adoptively transferred natural killer cells is supported by these observations.
0: How can natural killer cells be used more effectively to treat solid tumors?
1: Natural killer cells can be more effective in treating solid tumors when combined with an antibody treatment. In a small metastatic melanoma and renal cell carcinoma trial, autologous natural killer cell infusions and interleukin-2 appeared to persist temporarily, but failed to induce tumor regression. These natural killer cells were unable to lyse tumor cells and had low expression of the activating receptor NKG2D unless reactivated with exogenous interleukin-2. However, natural killer cells assessed after infusion can still mediate antibody-dependent cell-mediated cytotoxicity without exogenous interleukin-2. This suggests that natural killer cell adoptive transfer combined with antibody treatment can be more effective against solid tumors.
0: I get it. Can natural killer cells be engineered to enhance their anti-cancer efficacy?
1: Sure. In one study using a different strategy, a natural killer cell line has been also tested in phase I-clinical trials in patients with advanced solid tumors. The results showed that even with the highest dose of infusion, 12 of the 15 patients tested had disease progression. However, one patient with non-small cell lung cancer had a stable disease, and two patients with small cell lung cancer had mixed responses. Genetic engineering of this natural killer cell line to express a chimeric antigen receptor has been developed. And the engineered cell line has been tested in a preclinical glioblastoma model with promising anti-tumor effects. Despite these encouraging results, clinical testing of natural killer cells and solid tumors remains limited. Preclinical studies have shown that Many constraints need to be considered to achieve the efficacy of natural killer cell-based therapy against solid tumors such as immunosuppressive cells, immunosuppressive cytokines, and inhibitory checkpoints for natural killer cells.
0: Persistence and expansion of natural killer cells correlate with clinical efficacy according to allogeneic adoptive transfer studies. So, are there other methods for cell therapy?
1: Of course. A way to better promote expansion and persistence in vivo is to use better cytokines. For example, interleukin-15 or the superantagonist interleukin-15 complex presented in trans can be considered. Another approach is to develop protocols for the expansion of natural killer cells in vitro. Hematopoietic stem cells from placenta or umbilical cord blood, or even unlimited human-induced pluripotent stem cells are also under consideration. Although more technically challenging, these methods are being developed for clinical implementation. In addition, natural killer cells are known to expand best with helper cells. In the early 1990s, the importance of contact with helper cell monocytes for natural killer cell expansion was demonstrated. Using different irradiated feeder cells, several other expansion protocols were tested to expand blood-derived natural killer cells. Up to now, a stromal-free clinical-grade natural killer cell product from umbilical cord blood has been developed in the presence of interleukin-15 and interleukin-12. This product can generate a large number of highly pure, mature, and functional natural killer cells, but definitive clinical testing is still required.
0: Okay, thanks for your introduction, Dr. Smith. In summary, many approaches to using natural killer cells as cancer immunotherapy have been proposed. Natural killer cell anti-tumor activity is best demonstrated in myeloid leukemia patients. Many challenges remain when considering natural killer cell therapy for the more common solid tumors. It is very informative. So, I guess we will end here. Hope you enjoyed it.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: See you next week.